Through the end of the year, the Banner of Truth is running its annual Christmas special. That means the Banner has its best prices of the year on all of its books. In particular, the multi-volume sets go on steep discount up to 50% off. Readers will be interested to see their new Puritan box sets and the new premium editions of the Valley of Vision, which are now available. Check them out at thebanneroftruth.org and give some gifts this year that will give some lasting spiritual help long after Christmas is over. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 116, I believe. Yeah. That's right. Maybe 117. 116 or 117. Hope you're doing well this morning. We're going to continue walking through 1 Peter chapter 5. And today we're going to talk about exercising oversight, not by compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. I thank you for the grace that is being able to be in pastoral ministry. What a joy it is to shepherd the people of God at Christ Church Carbondale. I thank you for our elders and their wives. And the joy it is just to be a part of this team. And I pray for everybody that's listening in. I pray that you would turn their attention to the team they get to serve with, to the people they get to serve. And I, I pray that they would exercise oversight, not complaining, not not feeling this deep sense of compulsion or something like that, but they would look at their people and they would thank you for the joy it is to shepherd the people of God. And we just thank you for the opportunity we have. Thank you for the calling that you've given us. I just ask that this time would be helpful and encouraging to these men. Uh, God, we thank you that you called us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I hope you're doing well. Really do. It's almost Christmas. I mean, it's, it's December. The Banner of Truth sale is going on. You heard that in the ad at the beginning of the show. I encourage you to go buy some books from them. I love the Banner. Every year I get a Christmas series. They've been kind enough to send me a bunch of J.C. Ryle stuff this year, and I'm going to be working through that in 2021. Very excited about that. They have their complete work sets, usually half off. They have just a tremendous amount of great bindings, great works. Go buy them. Love the Banner of Truth. Two more things to tell you about, and then we'll get into talking about exercising oversight willingly. Uh, number one, the cookbook, the Fruitful and Fearless Cookbook, is officially out. So my wife, Jordan, and her friend, Lexi Sauvey, and if you know Brian and Lexi, they're a great couple. We really love Brian and Lexi from Ogden, Utah, great friends of ours. And Lexi and Jordan and a couple other ladies, Bree Scroggins from Evansville, Bree and her husband, Mason, are great friends of ours. And then Margot Voth, which is Riley Voth's wife. Uh, Riley runs the Majesty's Men and is just a dear friend of our ministry and just a great friend of ours as well. So these four ladies have put together the Fruitful and Fearless Cookbook. And I tell you what, this really is. It's like a post-millennial cookbook. It is a legacy edition. You're going to be able to hand it down from generation to generation. It's going to have tear-proof paper and waterproof paper. It's going to come in a really nice binder. It'll lay open and flat, which is apparently really important when it comes to recipe books. Who wants to be cooking only to have your cookbook slam closed because the binding is so tight? So this book has been designed and put together by these ladies, and it's an incredible resource. You're going to want to check that out. It's $40 or $39.99, something like that. You can get that at the Fruitful and Fearless website, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Go buy this for your wives. 40 great recipes in this first edition, and then there's going to be more recipes that will come out in different seasons and as they have them, and you'll be able to modify this cookbook and make it the way you want it to be. And so your ladies are going to love this. Ladies, if you're listening in, go ahead and go over and buy that or, you know, tell your husband, hey, this is what I want for Christmas. But it's going to be a great resource for your kitchen. You want to check that out. Uh, secondly, 
the cohort. You've been hearing me talk about the cohort, and you've probably been, been seeing it on social media as well. we got a great lineup for the cohort this year. We're going to talk about courage to stand against all enemies. In each of the six sessions, we'll talk about a different enemy that we're facing today, and we're going to encourage each other to stand, to stand with the Word of God, to face with our shoulders squared, looking right at the issue, face that issue, and run toward it, not run away from it, and run toward it with the Word of God, with wisdom, with grace, and with the authority of the Scriptures. I want to encourage you to be a part of the cohort. I'm going to have some friends of mine that are going to be helping me out, and so it should be really great. It's 125 bucks, and you can follow the link follow the link on the website. There's a new page, landing page on the website that you can check out. would love for you to come and be a part of that. Okay, now let's talk about 1 Peter 5. I, I've seen so many pastors and heard so many stories about pastors who are shepherding the flock of God, not willingly, but they feel this deep sense of compulsion and they're doing it out of necessity, but they're not actually doing it willingly. What am I talking about? Here's what Pastor Peter has to say. Shepherd the flock of God that's among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not under compulsion. I remember sitting with a pastor years ago, and we were talking about right aspirations. And I was wrestling through 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I just read Alexander Strunch's book, Biblical Eldership, and I'm trying to get handles on what it means to have an appropriate desire, aspiration to be a pastor. And one of the things that he had said, and I had learned so much from this pastor, and I have learned overwhelmingly more positive things and negative things, but this is one of the things that I learned from the negative. And I said, you know, shouldn't we have the right aspiration? You know, it says first of the three, if anyone aspires to the office of elder, he desires a noble task. And what he began to explain to me is that he doesn't believe that a man should want to be an elder. He doesn't believe that a man should want to shepherd the flock of God. But after a deep sense of calling or a deep sense of feeling that I am just, I have to do this. And after the congregation has come and said, this, this is a necessity here. You should do this. We, we really need you. After feeling the weight of the calling, the burden of the calling, finally, the, the soon-to-be pastor should succumb to this need that's presented and submit to this calling. We went back and forth. I just think he was wrong. I don't think that's right. I think a pastor, even from the very beginning, upon feeling this internal call and trying to navigate what that even is, should desire to shepherd and care for God's people. And it shouldn't have to feel like they're apologizing for it. There should be this desire. And everybody that feels called into pastoral ministry or wants to pursue pastoral ministry, they should do it because they want to. Because they want to take responsibility. Not because responsibility is being laid upon them and it's this burden and this role that they have to fill, but because they're actually pursuing it. If you're going to be in pastoral ministry, you should have a desire to do it because you want to preach the word and you love God's people and you want to take responsibility for them. So what Peter says, not just from the beginning, but as you perpetually shepherd the flock of God, we should exercise oversight in that shepherding, not under compulsion, but willingly. Now, when you think about how the New Testament describes pastoral ministry, or more specifically, how pastors in the New Testament describe their churches, and compare it to how we talk about, I'm I'm painting in broad strokes here, compare it with how modern pastors speak about their congregations and pastoral ministry, there's this massive contrast. If you just speak to a a wide plethora of pastors, okay, and just ask them how they're doing, they're going to give you a bleak response about how pastors are doing. And it is true that Pastoral ministry is very difficult. We talked about that last week. There's a book written a couple years ago by Jared Wilson, and in that book, The Pastor's Justification, it's a fantastic book. I'd encourage you to read it. Uh, He lists in the very beginning 
how pastors are doing. It's like a pastor's report card, and it comes from Barna Research Group, and it's about pastoral care, and it goes through a list of several different things that pastors have reported back, and I'll just read a few of these. 90% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours per week. 80% of pastors believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. 90% of pastors feel inadequately trained to cope with ministry demands. 80% of pastors feel unqualified or discouraged. 90% of pastors say that ministry is completely different than what they thought it would be like before they entered the ministry. 50% feel like they're unable to meet the demands of the job. 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 70%. 70% say they have a lower self-image now than they had when they first started. 70% do not have someone they consider a close friend. 70% of pastors don't have a close friend. 40% report serious conflict with parishioners at least once a month. Okay, it goes on. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And when you add that with experiences that you've had at pastoral at pastoral events, you know, like regional pastoral gatherings or something like that, what I've seen anecdotally is that pastors are not exercising oversight willingly. They're doing because they have to. They feel this compulsion to do this, but they're not doing it willingly. Their attitude towards the people and the ministry itself is one of martyrdom. They're just, they're not happy. Okay, now, I'm going to give you two examples of how Paul speaks to the churches and what's motivating him and what his attitude is toward the church. Now, here's what Paul says in Philippians. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always, in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He has affection. Okay, um, he says in verse 8, For God is my witness how I yearn for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. It's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. You say, well, Jared, yeah, he's talking about the church in Philippi. But listen to what he says to the church in Corinth. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed among you that, so that you are not lacking in any gift. As you wait for the revealing of Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus. God is faithful by whom you were called in the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. When Paul speaks to these churches, he loves them. He loves them dearly. He's not shepherding out of a sense of compulsion. Neither is Peter. They're shepherding because they want to. They're exercising the oversight, the responsibility they have, and they're doing it willingly because they love the people of God and they love the calling that God has put on their life. It is not simply a burden. And pastor, I want you to see the glory of pastoral ministry. The Bible says it's a noble calling. It is a good thing. It's a good task. We need more men to rise up to the call. We need more men like 1 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1, 1 Peter 5 men who are going to step up and say, I'll willingly take responsibility for the church. I love them. I'll fight for them. And I'll exercise the authority that God has given me. I'll wield it well. I won't do it out of compulsion. I'll do it because I want to. I'll do it because I love them. I'll do it because I want to fight for them. I'll do it because I'm willing to protect them. I want to do this in the way that God would have me do this. And friends, we need pastors like that. We need pastors who are willing to lead the flock of God and exercise oversight, not by compulsion, but willingly. Answer that call. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.